Welcome to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. The goal behind The Jeff Houston Show is to help people experience a greater level of freedom in every area of their lives. You can learn about all the free resources available and submit your questions to thejeffhoustonshow.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Jeff Houston Show. So glad you could join us for today's episode. Today we are going to talk about freedom of relationship and going to our first listener question from Betsy in Minnesota who says, Jeff, what does it mean to have freedom of relationship? Well, Betsy, that's a good question. And I appreciate your listening to our show. Simply put, freedom of relationship means that I have enough margin in my life, enough margin in all areas of my life that I get to choose who it is that I spend my time with. I get to choose the relationships that I spend my time with. Now, does that mean that all of life is rosy? And the answer is no. In fact, there's a a proverb that says, when the manger is empty, there's no oxen in the field. When the manger is empty, there's no oxen in the field. And I I believe that the meaning behind that is that when the barn is all swept clean and there's no messes in the barn, it also means that, hey, you got a great looking barn, but there's no animals in there. There's no oxen that can go out in the field and work and get stuff done. And so if you want to have work getting done out in the field, then you're going to have a messy barn. And how that relates to people and relationship is that if you want to have a life that is free from conflict and free from um, complication, just don't have any people in it, right? But that's the paradox of the proverb is because people is where the meaning and purpose and worth in life comes from. But when we have to recognize that when we have people in our lives, there are going to be messes. So when I say freedom of relationship, I don't mean the fact that there's not any messes in your barn, right? There's not any complications to your life. I simply mean that you have enough freedom to make the choice and flexibility to make the choice of who it is that you're going to spend time with. Let me give you an example. A while back, I was talking with a uh, husband and wife, and uh, I had never met the wife before, and so I asked her a little bit about herself, and and I knew she worked a job, and so I said, oh, well, where do you work? And she told me some company a few towns down, and I'm making conversation, and I said, well, you know, do you like your job? And she said, no, I hate my job. Oh, she said, I just hate it. And I said, well, you know, have you thought about doing something else? Why don't you just get a different job? And she said, oh, well, you know, I've been there for 14 years and and I'm getting close to retirement. And so I just don't want to start over again. And so I said, well, oh, okay. You know, how long before you retire? She said, seven years. Oh, I didn't say this, but I thought to myself, are you kidding? You're going to spend seven years of your life someplace that you hate? And how many years have you already been there that you hate it? You know, and my, my thinking is, look, life is way too short. 
right? We only get one shake at this, and then it's on to eternity. And why not make the most of it? Why would I spend, why would anybody spend seven years of their life in a job that they hate with people that they don't like, all right? That's an example of relationship freedom. In this situation, I believe that the lack of freedom was self-imposed, right? There was nothing that says that she, that she couldn't get a job. Um, she was very employable, but she just was mentally, she was stuck in bondage in her current role, and she wasn't willing to think outside of herself and look for something else. So sometimes freedom of relationship, there are boundaries that we create, they're self-imposed boundaries, and sometimes they are um, externally imposed boundaries. For instance, if somebody says the job market is tight, I can't leave my my job. I don't think I could get another job that pays as much. So I really got to just stay here. Or I'm in a geographic area where there's a downturn. I'm just thankful to have a job. Okay, well that would be an externally imposed boundary. And then there are, and and I think those situations are probably fewer than the internal boundaries, but I acknowledge that there are external circumstances. Let's say I had enough money saved up, so I had six months of cushion. Well, that might give me a little bit of flexibility to be able to take a chance or to be able to begin looking for something else uh, in the hopes of getting a better environment. But see, if you don't have any margin in your life financially, as an example, then you really don't have relationship freedom or nearly as much relationship freedom. Uh, so that's kind of my beginning thinking on the matter. And going further into it, uh, you know, what does a good relationship look like? And that might seem like an obvious question, but um, I just like to pick out one attribute of good relationship, whether it's a, a significant other spouse relationship, whether it's a coworker, friend relationship, boss relationship, um, any of the above, to me, one of the first and foremost things that you've got to have is you got to recognize the importance of communication. Communication, if you don't have healthy communication, in a relationship, it really is going to be a long-term limiting factor. And what does good, healthy communication look like? Well, for one thing, I think it's the ability to disagree or see a different point of view and not uh, and, and still function. Right? We've talked about that in previous shows uh, that uh, to be able to stand on the edge of the coin and see both sides is very valuable because wisdom comes when we can see both sides and recognize those sides might be opposing, but we still have the ability to function. And I think we've lost that in this country. I do not understand that. Uh, but you know, now we're just seeing if one side is seen as intolerant or one side is seen as uh, you know narrow-minded, and we're not able to see and mediate each other's differences 
because we get so uh, dogmatic in set in our own viewpoints that we're not willing to see another viewpoint. And that's really a sad thing. That grieves me that uh, we can't do that. I wonder what, uh, it's been a lot of years since I've been in school, but when I was in high school, there was, uh, we had debate class. In fact, uh, I was never a part of the debate team, but we had different classes where we had to stand up and, and debate. We had to take a position and then we had people and the other classmates that would debate with us. I wonder, I'm, and I'm just musing here, but I wonder if there is debate class anymore in education um, because there sure doesn't, we sure don't seem to have the ability to uh, hold different viewpoints out in the public. And that's really a sad thing. It's true in the political realm. Uh, it's true in the media. It's true in so many areas. So what does a healthy relationship look like? Well, first and foremost, you've got to have a relationship where you can uh, hold differing points of view and where you can, you can disagree agreeably. A, a number of years ago, I had an employee of mine who held polar opposite political views than what I have. But, you know, we had great conversations about it because we respect, we respected the person. So I respected her and she respected me, even though we had very different viewpoints. See, that's a healthy relationship. And, and I, I appreciated that relationship. And that was a relationship that I, that I chose to spend more time with uh, because we valued each other. So again, my uh, perspective, Betsy, on, on um, what does it mean or to have freedom of relationship? Simply put, it is the ability to have the margin in my life and the flexibility in my life in every area, time and money primarily, but it's the ability to have margin in those areas so that I can choose the relationships that I spend the time with. I can choose to spend time with those relationships that mean the most to me. So uh, let's take a break and then we will circle back for our next listener question. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Houston Show. 3D Money is proud to sponsor this edition of The Jeff Houston Show. If you're not getting at least a 6% return, you could be losing money. We recently got a call from a listener who knew what she wanted, but she didn't know how to get there. She said, I'm really skeptical of the stock market, and my dad is too. He told me to try to find something that was backed by real estate but she said that she wanted to invest her IRA money and her stockbroker told her she couldn't do that. 3D Money's real estate backed 6% account is a great solution for your IRA account because you get 6% for three years and then you can either reinvest for another three years or take your money and go elsewhere. 3D Money currently has several cash-flowing real estate opportunities we are raising funds for that build on our already strong portfolio. If you have funds you would like to protect outside of Wall Street risk 
or you are uncertain about the banking system and the low rates they offer, call us today and find out how investing in 3D Money 6% account can give you peace of mind by helping you grow and protect your wealth outside of Wall Street risk. Call 320-905-3306. That's 320-905-3306. Now let's go back to the Jeff Houston Show. This is not an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Welcome back to the Jeff Houston Show, where today we're talking about freedom of relationship. And our next listener question comes from Jan from Wisconsin writes, what's your view on formal college education today. Well, Jan, our listeners might be wondering why I am lumping this question in on a show where we're talking about relationship. And I, I think it's valuable for us to talk about what is the, uh, the relationship that education plays in our lives. And I have really seen over the years, uh, there is a, there's a progression or an evolution that is happening in the area of education. And it's my belief that our current educational system is very much behind uh, the times. It was an educational system that was made and created for a industrial age, made to produce factory workers. Well, we, we don't produce many factory workers anymore. We have a much more of an information and technology age than we do industrial age. And I think I don't think our, our educational system has caught up to that. An example of that would be the way business gets done today in the information age and the way that uh, smart business happens is through collaboration. I have so many business relationships that um, are valuable to me and I collaborate with. And what's crazy is if I collaborated when I was in school, they called it cheating, right? And, and, and yet today it's how businesses get done. And I think now Robert Kiyosaki uh, wrote a very interesting book a number of years ago. It was called Why A Students Work for C Students. Uh, and why B students work for the government. Um, And it's an interesting read if uh, I would recommend the book. But the upshot is that if you're an A student and you're so... Uh, set on how you pass the test, the academic part of it, because if you collaborated with somebody, shared your work with somebody, that would be cheating. You're also A students don't make mistakes. You know, Robert Kiyosaki says that's the problem with A students is they think making mistakes is is a bad thing. Uh, C students make all kinds of mistakes. By the way, I was a C student, um, and sometimes I struggled to pull C's in school. I didn't do very well. I didn't enjoy school because I was more interested in practical and hands-on and show me how I'm going to use this. And and um, I I was you know more interested in becoming street smart rather than book smart. Now, don't get me wrong. I I read books. I I love reading. Um, and I discipline myself to read because some of the 
smartest street smart people that I know uh, are avid readers. And so I, I value books, but I more than valuing books, I value the application that they can have in the relationships and the real life experience that's out in the marketplace and Main Street today. So one of the reasons that I think the educational system is behind the times is because to be successful in life and business, you need to, you, you need to be good with collaborating and sharing information with other people. But that's not the way our school system works. Uh, years ago, my dad told me, he said, good business is only good business if it's good for all parties. And I think that's so true and to come at it from when we're when we're looking at business or employment or anything when we're dealing with other relationships it could be personal professional it could be um, financial any relationships we should be coming at whatever it is we're talking about from the viewpoint that it needs to be good for all parties right if it's only good for me and then it's not good for it's not good business. If it's only good for you, it's not good business. Uh, a few years back, I had a, uh, a guy that I know, a friend of mine, and he bought a boat and he was uh, went down to a boat show in Minneapolis and he was uh, really happy that he had you know just beat the guy down to the last dollar. And, uh, you know, kept walking away and kept coming back. And, you know, and, and true, I guess the boat dealer didn't have to sell the boat if he didn't want to, if, he, if it wasn't good. But, um, you know, to me, I would just as soon um, have it a good deal, a good re- business value relationship for both parties. And I think that's going to come back to me, right? You know, if I, if I end up paying... more money for a boat or a car or something like that. I'd rather do that because I'm going to get better service and treated better along the way. And uh, it's to me, that's just a way of being respectful. Now, I'm not talking about being stupid. Right, we can still be prudent and and negotiate well, and I think that that uh, scripture and any all good wisdom thinking would back that up that we need to not be careless we need to be good stewards with what we have but at the same time it's all right for there to be a little bit of meat left on the bone uh, so to speak when we're doing business with people you see you can get rich by being cheap the problem is at the end of the day you're still cheap (laughs) so um, and i don't want to live my life being cheap right? I don't want to beat the guy down to the last dollar. I want to live my life in with the viewpoint of the law of abundance versus the law of scarcity. See, I can have an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset. Scarcity mindset says, you know, hey, there's a finite amount of resources in the world today and, and I need to, uh, you know, kind of protect all that I can because uh, there's a limited amount. And um, uh, if I get some, then it means, or if somebody else gets something, it means that it's less for me. 
But that whole viewpoint of um, having a mindset, a law of abundance is a much happier way and more fulfilling way to live life. So Jan, back to your question about uh, what's my view on formal college education. So I started out by telling you some of my basic views that I think it's outdated. The formal education, our educational system is outdated. And then uh, we talked about some other um uh, you know, the collaboration and good business and rela healthy relationships. So I think that college education, uh, formal education is important in some fields. Um, I don't have a college education and I've been uh, reasonably successful in life. Uh, when I was young, I used to think less of myself, I think. I, I had a little bit of an inferiority complex because I didn't have a college education. Uh, today, I almost hold that as a merit badge because, uh, you know, I, I'm proof positive that you don't have to have a college education uh, to be successful. But um, I so, but I think there are fields where it is it's an entry point. I mean, it is you have to have it in order to get in the door. For instance, if I want to be a doctor or I want to be a lawyer or a school teacher or an accountant or uh, you know, I, I I probably need to have a college education. You know, I don't want to go to a self-taught brain surgeon. I want somebody who has had the educational process, has been through the educational process. So I think it, it, it's, it's field specific, but what I am saddened or disgusted by is when somebody goes to school and, and they don't know what they're going to do. There's not, I'm big on intentionality. I think that being intentional is a key thing in life. And so what I'm saying at the end of the day is be intentional about what you do, whether it's in the area of your faith, your family, your fitness, your finance, if it's in the area of any of the four freedoms, freedom of time, relationship, money, or purpose, all of those things come back to intentionality. And as it relates to college education, why spend, you know, tens of thousands, in some cases, a hundred thousand, six figures and more on an education that you're going to go and uh, get a job that, that pays not much more than what you would have made had you not gone to college in the first place. So being intentional about this educational thing is really key because it plays such a key role in so many aspects of all our relationships going forward. Remember what Jim Rohn said, if you don't design your own life plan, chances are you will fall into someone else's plan. And guess what they have planned for you? Not much. So in the area of relationships, my message is have a plan, right? And then work your plan. That means having enough margin in your life so you can make choices. You know, going back to our uh, earlier, my earlier example of the gal in the show where the gal, you know, was stuck at a job or making a decision to be in a job. Um, that's an example of not being intentional. And um, I don't want to live my life that way. And I hope you don't want to live your life that way either. 
Life is way too precious, and I hope you see it that way. So that's our show for today. Thanks for listening to The Jeff Houston Show, where we encourage you to love God, love people, and do cool stuff. I'm your host, Jeff Houston. Thank you for listening to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. Our goal is for you to experience a greater level of freedom in every area of your life. You can learn about all the free resources available and submit your questions to thejeffhoustonshow.com. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.